Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Liberal Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubicularist. Today, within the Liberal Cube is, of course, Movie Monday, in which we discuss... Um, Turkey Calls. Yes. We discuss Turkey Calls on Movie Monday. No! That is ridiculous! <sighs> Idiots! We discuss movies. Logical. Something I like to say at the top of every show, but I think most importantly on a Movie Monday, is that there will be spoilers. So, this is your one and only, probably, spoiler warning. Alright, you got that? You got that, you? Yes, you do. Something else I like to say, or rather have to say in an effort to gain a larger audience, is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that too is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is that perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you subscribe on iTunes. Perhaps you rate and comment on the podcast, because that is what helps them grow and flourish, among others. Hmm beautiful kind of a kind of a little beautiful thing there and lastly as far as podcast business uh today's sponsor of course because a podcast of this high quality is obviously sponsored obviously i don't know why i'm even bringing it up it is so obvious today's sponsor is simpson brand tiger rock Once again, today's sponsor is Simpsons brand Tiger Rock. This rock repels tigers. I have been using the Simpsons brand Tiger Rock for 32 years with nary a tiger attack. So it does really work. Three, count them three movies today. Uh, not quite the eight that I had, uh, last weekend. However, uh, just kind of going with the flow and didn't watch as many movies and it wasn't a long weekend. So, there you go. Explanation for the use. I do want to try to get this done on the way to work and I don't think I should have a problem doing that. Confidence, yes. I do not normally have confidence. However, in this one case, I think uh, it is perhaps warranted. Movie the first is called Mama. M-A-M-A, Mama. This is from the maker-creator of the movie Pan's Labyrinth. You may know him as Guillermo del Toro. I was going to say Benicio because I did the same thing yesterday when I was uh, saying it, something about it to the missus. I said Benicio del Toro, but it is actually Guillermo del Toro. Relation? Or no relation? I don't know. Probably not related. I have to guess. Is that a, is that a popular name? There's two right there. I am a big fan of both of them, needless to say. Uh, I had heard absolutely nothing about this movie. Didn't even know of its existence. However, the missus did. Hmm. She heard that it was scary, and as we've mentioned from time to time, she loves a scary movie. I will say 
that the first three quarters, maybe even seven eighths of this movie was scary. Very, very scary. I was scared. Yeah. I will admit it. I'm man enough to admit. Uh, the ending sort of cut the scariness down quite significantly, uh, but planned. I, I think he planned to do that and made it into sort of a totally different non-horror-related movie. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. So uh, good on him. Let me see what my notes are. So a father of two girls goes crazy. I think possibly at his work, kills people at his work, and then comes home and kills his wife. <gasps> Not good. Not good at all. Then kids kidnaps his two daughters. Now, one note I have here that I wanted to bring up is that uh, the daughters are three and one at this point. The three-year-old little girl is the cutest girl that has ever existed in all of history. Period. Full stop. <laughs> Uh, super adorable. Got the uh, glasses. <laughs> I love a I love a little three year old kid in glasses. That's adorable right there. She's got a bit of the the little girl lisp going. Just super super cute. This father takes them, kidnaps them, and uh, is speeding along a mountain pass and runs off the road. <gasps> oh no! They're okay. The car's totaled, so they start hiking it through the woods. This is sort of a man on the on the brink without a plan, doesn't know what he's doing. They come across a cabin in the woods, huh. much like the movie Cabin in the Woods. No, much like the movie Evil Dead. I seem to have a lot of Cabin in the Woods related stuff coming up lately. Hmm. Interesting. Anyways, he decides, I guess, through his crazy mind that rather than put his kids through this, he's going to kill them. He's going to kill them. Sadness. So uh, he's like, oh, look look at that daughter. There's a deer out there. She turns around. She He pulls out his gun and points it at her, at her, at her head. Sweaty palm moment there, that's for sure. And then from behind him, something, at this point is it is only a something, grabs him. We don't really see exactly what it is at this point because it's sort of through the daughter's eyes. The daughter, who I mentioned, is in glasses, who I should mention, in the accident broke her glasses. Okay, so you kind of see it a little fuzzily, which uh, I thought was a really uh, cool and unique way to not show the monster at the beginning of the movie, which uh, a way that I've never seen done before. So cool on them for that thought. Uh, so then five years pass. <laughs> this, uh, sorry, this three-year-old girl and one-year-old daughter are just sort of sitting by the fire. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen to them. Their father sort of disappeared from their presence without a trace. And they're just sitting there kind of sad and... What the hell, eh? Then out of the darkness rolls a cherry. Hmm. A cherry. So uh, they eat it. And then... Um, it's not a magical cherry, but I am going to say five years pass. Five years pass, and the father's twin brother has been searching for his brother and these two kids the entire time, like paying people to search. I don't know how they figured out where to search, but did, after five years, come across his car and then come across this cabin in which the little girls were living, the little now feral girls. And they were friggin' creepy, man. So that would be eight and six, right? Is my math correct? Five years, one and three? Yeah, okay. I did math. Wow, congratulations. Pat on the back. 
Good job, Jordan. Uh, and they are feral as fuck and just kind of crawl around real creepily, man. That, that part was pretty scary. There's something about little, little people, <laughs> not little people, as in, like, midgets, but, like, monsters that are not huge, like a, like a Sasquatch, say, wouldn't bother me, but probably a baby Sasquatch clamoring around would, would freak me out a bit. I don't know. Or, like, little kids in horror movies always do it to me more than other horror movie things. So the guy brings them back to sort of civilization and they move into a house, a house paid for by the sort of uh, psychiatrist and his um, folk, his ilk, because obviously these kids, he wants to study these kids. So the house is all paid for. He and his girlfriend, his reluctant girlfriend, move into this house with these two girls, right? And they all live happily ever after the end. No! God, it's so full of ridiculous today. I just, it's oozing out of my very pores. No, um, the, what I had kind of thought of as a witch follows them to the house. And that's where shit gets friggin' haunted housey, I guess you could say. This thing can kind of live in the walls. It, uh, at one point, uh, it, it sounds like the grudge a little bit, so that freaked me out, because that movie freaked me out. And then, it sort of made the walls sort of black and pulsy and oozy, which also was grudge-like, so again, pretty scary. At one point, it pushes the uh, the father of this family now down the stairs, and he ends up in a coma in the hospital, so then it's just the three of them. Uh, I better hurry up. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Uh, we learn that it is not a witch, although it looks quite witch-like. Uh, it is more of a ghost, an apparition of a woman who lost her baby? Aha! Who gets jealous because these two kids have sort of transferred their love to her and uh, she took care of them. So any love shown by these two girls to other is not... does not go over well. Uh, horror, horror, horror! The remains of this apparition's uh, baby are found in sort of a warehouse uh, where many remains were stored. So, of course, they think that will stop her. However, she kind of, because it's just basically a skull and some ribs, she's not too happy with that, and ends up, this is the spoiler that I will give away, ends up, instead of taking this with her, as she departs this mortal coil, takes the younger of the two daughters, the one who was sort of uh, more influenced by her, as you can imagine, because she was only one year old. So they jump off a cliff and then turn into butterflies. Aww. Interesting. Not, uh, I don't think what you would call a happy ending. Sort of happy, because now it's sort of the three of them are going to move on, and they've survived, at least. However, the youngest daughter and this ghost which women are now floating in the wind and moved on, shaked off this mortal coil. Okay, spent too much time on that, so now I have to hurry for the last two. Oh, rating. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to go four to five. Yeah, four to five. Four scares in the first chunk of it. We'll go five out of five, because it was uh, definitely had some scary moments. Okay, next is a movie called The Master, starring Mr. Joaquin Phoenix. He plays a soldier, 
naval soldier, I guess naval soldier, does that make sense? Who returns from war, I don't know which war, but this is not current day, this is like in the 50s if I had to guess. He's got what probably today would be called post-traumatic stress disorder, and he's kind of wandering through life, not really knowing what to do with himself. Uh, he comes in contact with a man played by... <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, all I wrote down was Hoffman. What the hell is his first name? It's not Dustin Hoffman. It's... Uh... Oh, God. Well, I don't have time to figure out what his name is. Um, maybe I'll write it in the description. Hoffman. Hoffman. Ah, oh, fuck. That's gonna bug me. Who is a... sort of a, a new-agey kind of... I think really best described as a bit of a cult leader. So he falls in with him. Uh, Hoffman. Fuck. Is uh, sort of into past-life regression, which is the belief that uh, through, I guess, hypnosis, you can learn what had happened in your past lives, also assuming that, of course, past lives exist. Uh, yeah, crazy shit. Through this sort of regression and hypnotism and kind of downright brainwashing, he gets a Joaquin Phoenix's character sort of on his side behind him, behind his cause, and... I don't know, it's kind of hard to describe this movie because not really that much happens other than sort of their interaction uh, between the two of them. Hmm. It They talked about uh, Hoffman's fuck, character, uh, talked about The Secret, which made me think, was he playing, and, and maybe I should have looked this up for a little more uh, clarity, was he playing whatever, the guy who wrote uh, that book, The Secret for Scientology, that uh, that character? I think he might have been. Hmm. And maybe this was sort of the story of that. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. That's that's something that probably a professional movie reviewer would know at this juncture. Probably. Would also know Huffman. Uh, that's going to bug me. <laughs> Okay, that movie uh, I also really enjoyed. We're going to go four out of five. Ooh, two fours out of five. Not bad at all. Okay, lastly is Life of Pi. Aha! Now the sponsor, perhaps, is making a little more sense. If Pi had a Simpsons brand Tiger Rock, would have been uh, would have been a much shorter movie, I think. This is... I, I did read the book. Maybe I'll just preface by saying that. And I uh, did enjoy it. The movie... Yeah, I did enjoy it as well. Huh, how about that? Enjoyed both of them. It's about uh, Pi, which is the name of the gentleman who, as you probably know, I'm sure most people kind of know the, the basic sort of premise of this story, that a ship goes down with this, this young man on it, uh, and then he's trapped on a lifeboat with a tiger. Okay, there's there's your underlying story. Uh, the story is, and I don't really remember comparing the story to the book, uh, if things had changed. The story is told to a writer by uh, Pi. Uh, so it's sort of narrated by himself many, many years down the road from when this happened. 
Uh, I like that. It starts off with uh, his name, Pi. I should mention a lot more of the story took place sort of before the boat than I thought it did. I thought, from my recollection of the book, it was, you know, 90% of the book was on the boat with the tiger. However, um, that didn't seem to be the ratio with the movie. For example, we learned that he got his name. His name was actually, uh, and I don't know how he'd spell this, is, was Pissing. Pissing. He was named after a pool uh, located in Paris, France. Pissing. I don't think I'd want to swim in a pool that um, was called Pissing. Maybe it's something else in French. I hope it is something else in French. So, uh, as you can imagine, as a child, got endlessly heckled uh, for this name, so slowly uh, sort of uh, almost tricked people into calling him Pi by memorizing hundreds of digits of the number Pi, 3.14, etc. So there's the story of his name. He, his parents own a zoo, have to sell their zoo, and are going to move to Canada. I, I like that little that little tidbit that they were moving to Canada. So I wrote it down because I too am in Canada. Uh, the ship goes down. We never really. F- I don't think we figure out how it goes down. And then Pi is set adrift, the only survivor in the not very large lifeboat. With him is a zebra, a hyena, a orangutan, a rat. And, of course, a tiger. The whole story, I'm not going to have a chance to get into, but maybe that's a good thing. Uh, I'm not going to have a chance because I'm almost at work. The whole story revolves around sort of their interactions, some of the crazy shit that goes down. Let's just say things as sort of normal as trying to find food to eat, as finding a floating cannibalistic island. Huh? So we're running the gamut there. I uh, really did enjoy it. I'm going to go 4 to 5. <laughs> it's funny because I don't plan my ratings beforehand. I just kind of whatever comes to my brain, uh, that is what I will say. So it's kind of interesting that three movies, every single one, 4 to 5. Huh. Curious. Curious, curious, curious. Folks, I am at work. I did it. Mission accomplished. You, I like, for listening. And also, let's not forget that it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best
best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.